Hello, and welcome to episode four of We Are Building a Theme Park. In today's episode, we will be talking about what we learned from Disneyland. We had a magical time, and we learned lots of things. I am Clayton Kreisel, and that voice you just heard was the voice of my daughter, Zoe. Zoe. She's 11, and we want to thank you for joining us again today. So we've been on a bit of a journey so far. We did our first three episodes, and we recorded those before we released anything. And so now we've had a chance to get those out into the wild, and we are recording literally the night before we released this one. So this one will be uh, a little bit more up to date, and we can even comment about some of the reception we've had. So uh, we've had quite a few listens, and that has made us so happy. We're glad that so many of you have decided to join us. We've heard from many friends and family. Um, Um, who have comments and who have already started to want to uh, chalk up some ideas. Um, But before we do that, I would really love to thank Katie Pummel and uh, Jesse Crabtree, who are two of our friends um, here from Missouri. They have been so supportive. Uh, Jesse left us our first review. She said that she felt this was just an excellent way to learn the creative process. And of course, that was one of our goals we mentioned in uh, episode one, that we want this to be a tool that people can use to um, help with the creative process. Katie, uh, boy, she has shared that this is her favorite podcast that she gets to listen to. She even uh, made some episode art for our first episode when it launched. Uh, we put that up on uh, Facebook and we put that up on our webpage. Speaking of our webpage, it is webuildthemepark.com. Uh, we are also getting ready to start a Facebook group uh, that you can uh, be a part of. You can find it. It's called We Are Building a Theme Park. If you go look that up on Facebook, we're going to start to be able to post videos and posts and artwork and different project stuff there. And then we also just released a YouTube channel um, called We Are Building a Theme Park. And on there, we even released a video. And the video shows that... If you've ever heard of Planet Coaster, it's this game where you design your own theme park. And my dad is doing like a replica of a Disneyland, but adding his own spin on it. And he showed a ride that he made and just walking around the park. Now, we're not saying we're going to build a Disney park. I know we've been talking a lot about Disney, and that's because that's what inspired us. And we're not aiming to be a cheap knockoff of Disney. We want to be something like Disney, because there's nothing else like Disney with that quality out there. And we want to replicate the feeling that you have at Disney, but we don't want to replicate Disney. So we showed the, a video of Planet Coaster and this ride we made, mostly my dad made, I pitched in once in a while, barely. And we're just showing you the tool because there's a very good chance that we are going to build our theme park on that app to get a good feel of it before we 3D print it or whatever. That's right. You know, normally in the creative process, whenever you're trying to learn a new form, the best thing you can do is go find your favorite artists out there, whether you're learning to draw, whether you're learning to make movies, whether you're learning music, write, whatever you're, yeah, is the best way I've learned is to go out there and try to mimic uh, what they did, not one for one, come up with your own ideas, but try to do it in the way that they did it. And the reason why you do that is because you learn why they made the decisions they did. You learn a lot about the form, you learn a lot of technique, and then you can start to take that and really um, draw from that and, and get the inspiration from that 
take the techniques from that and, and really let your creativity start to flow. So, you know, uh, I've, I've heard it said before that some of the best writers are some of the best readers. Um, you know, like the great writers read great writers. That's how they became great writers. Um, and I think that's true with this, you know, like, so, so we, we did on the video, we, uh, showed you a tool called planet coaster. We're calling it a tool. It's actually a game. It's one of my favorite games. Um, and on it, it's kind of like the old roller coaster tycoon, but taken to kind of a different level. You can do a lot of different things with it. You can turn off all like you can turn off a setting that basically makes a real a real world where like guests come and you have to pay and do all that and you can just make it this big creativity tool and that's what i love you can make items float and then you can turn it to be realistic and items don't float and you gotta worry about money and that's boring <laughs> yeah so you can you can do a lot of different things with it but the main thing we use it for in the video is building the world how do you build this world? This lets you get down into it, almost like if you were to build a miniature or a virtual reality space, only it comes with some tools out of the box. And then it lets you build rides, and you can actually really, use... Really, yeah. It's not like normal rides where you just, here's a Ferris wheel, you put it in. You can like build tracks, do left and right, right. turns, or scenery. It's not just like pre like made rides you can't get pre-made rides and you just place them in there you actually get to design them and that's yeah. what makes it different well and that's the cool thing is it actually has a big community surrounding it so people have made a lot of different things for it and we're able to borrow or use some of those tools and what it helps with is with your vision lines it helps you see like okay this is what it would look like here's about the height that it would be here's uh, the proportions. And so what it really helps you with a lot is your sight lines and your vision lines. And you can get into immersive type worlds. And that brings us to what we're going to be talking to today. With yeah, we're not going to spend the whole um, episode talking about Planet Coaster. No, we probably will later on uh, do some videos and talk about the tool of Planet Coaster, but not today. No. Um, but you should go check out that video. There's a link to it here in the show notes uh, to our YouTube channel. Uh, you, Like I said, you can find it on Facebook as well. Um, and we're going to start making more of those available to you. Um, and as we start to get ideas from you guys, we'll start to kind of build out some of those ideas and... and uh, uh, take it from there and we'd love for you to get the tool and the, like I said the great thing about that is that you can actually share stuff with us that you do once you learn about it and figure it out and we also um, what we wanted to say is we're not even though we're supposed to kind of be thinking about the creative process I've had many ideas for lands rides so we have we have more than we you think we do oh much more yes. we will probably start to build a model or sketch out a ride or i've even already sketched out a few rough drafts of rides yep. and we'll probably have a planet coaster version of them very soon well i don't know about very soon christmas is coming up kiddo and you know things get busy speaking of which uh we're doing the this uh podcast episodically and so um you know we're, we're calling this season one episode four i don't know how many episodes will be in this season but there will undoubtedly be a time where we need to take a step away for a month or two and that'll just kind of become a natural end of the season the way i kind of see this working is right now we're in the pre-production phase and really we're even in a phase zero not even a phase one of pre-production where we're still trying to figure out what the thing is we're trying to build and we're doing a lot of discovery so we're in the discovery phase and really this first year uh or maybe not year but this first season will definitely be that discovery phase 
um, where we talk a lot, gain some uh, gain some perspective, let our kind of imagination run wild a little bit, and then uh, we will start to actually enter into a proper pre-production where we start factoring in uh, you know pre-visualization and all these other things, and then. Uh, production, which is where you actually build the thing, uh, and and launch, and uh, you know, what will it actually be when we build it? We're still figuring that out. We don't know, uh, but hey, that'll be the fun part. So let's jump into what we learned from Disneyland. Yes, let's get to the real purpose of this episode, which is we went to Disneyland. Woohoo! That it was remarkable. We learned that Disneyland is the best park by itself. If you're going to if I had one day to go to a park, I'd pick Disneyland. Now, if I had to pick a week, I'd probably do Disney World because there is more to do if you do all four parks. But Disneyland versus Magic Kingdom is nothing. Disneyland is so much better. Pirates of the Caribbean is better. All the all the rides that Disney World has are better at Disneyland, and Disneyland has more of them, even though it's smaller. Yeah, I actually really agree with that. I, too, absolutely believe that of all the parks that Disney has made, the original Disneyland is the best, which is funny because it's the smallest. Is, and the reason is is Walt was there. I, I kind of agree with that, but I also feel like even though it's the smallest amount of land and it's the oldest, they've done an incredible job keeping it clean, keeping it up to date. They've they've not let things go downhill. Even um, the paint is still fresh. The wood isn't chipped. The and they streets aren't litter. They, they keep, keep adding. They keep adding. I mean, they've got Galaxy's Edge there. They shut down Toontown for less than a year. And in March, they're going to be releasing Mickey's, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yes. And that, in my opinion, is the best ride that Disney has ever ever produced i don't agree with him i think it's smugglers run or rise of the resistance but i do i think it's in the top three at least absolutely it is mickey and minnie's is in my money for my money the best one they produced and so they're gonna have literally it, it undoubtedly the best two rides i guess some people might throw toy story mania in there or slinky dog mm. but undoubtedly the best two rides at hollywood studios um with rise of resistance and mickey and minnie's and then they have Smuggler's and Run. And then they, yeah, and, and um, at Disneyland, as well as all of the other Disneyland stuff, Space Mountain there is so much better. Space Mountain at Disney World. It just like jerks, jerks, it jerks. It beats you around. Space Mountain at Disneyland. It's smooth. Still the best roller coaster I've ever ridden in my life. Still love it more and than anyone. we got a full day. We went there at like 8.30 and we left at midnight. We left after midnight. After midnight. And we, we rode 16 rides. 16. And 16 we didn't rides, even two go. two shows, we ate. It was great. We didn't even go to California Adventure. If we would have, like, you could easily make a two-day thing out of it. Maybe even three. If I would probably do it two days at Disneyland, one day at California Adventure. <laughs> or yeah, one day for Park Hopper. We get a little pricey, and I think that's kind of one of the big problems is they've started to become a little too pricey. Uh, but as of, like, two days ago... Disney fired Bob Chapek and replaced him back with Bob Iger. Now, that doesn't mean the prices are going down because you got to remember Bob, Bob Iger was the one that started raising prices to begin with. But Chapek literally raised him 10% in one day. And on top of that, it feels like Chapek made you pay more for less and took stuff away. Fast pass. 
He took away a lot of the experiences that were included, seemingly um, raised the prices on everything. And now you had to buy those or pay extra to do those. Um, and on top of that, the crowds still didn't, he still didn't learn how to do get control of them. Genie plus in Disneyland has been good. Disney genie plus in Disney world has been a flop, a failure. They haven't adjusted. Cause make everyone it work. gets genie plus at yeah. Disney world, which I do understand. That's why he probably took genie plus away from like the package right. deal. Or I just, I think that you get rid of genie plus altogether. Go back to the fast pass. It was a great system. I don't know why they ever went away from it. Personally, you can make it digital, use the Genie Plus platform, but give everybody the, you know, two rides or the three rides. They've done it different ways. Um, I think give everybody two fast passes or three fast passes. Uh, maybe make them tiered. You can use, you know, here's a level five tier ride, or here's a level three tier ride, here's a level two tier ride, here's level yeah. one. You can use a fast pass. You can use two level tier one fast passes one level two and one level yeah. three for the day and that's it you're done but we're not here to critique disney we're here to tell you what we learned from disney yep i agree and so here we go our day at disneyland and here is what we learned number one thing that i learned we're going to go back and forth here was that small spaces are not something to be afraid of what they did in the original disneyland I'm always shocked by how quickly you can get from one side of the park to the other. I mean, the whole park only sits on like 130 acres, which is not as big as you would think. Um, and the, um, well, actually, that's like the whole campus. <laughs> like, I can't even remember how big the whole park is. It's not very big at all. Um, but the the thing that always amazes me is how fast you can get from one end to the other, yet you never see... Other than when you're in the hub, the middle part, you never see all the lands at once. You never see the other lands. When you are in Adventureland, That's it feels see. like you are in Adventureland. When you're in Galaxy's Edge, the mountains and the rocks all around you, they block out everything. When you're in Fantasyland... The castle helps. There's lots of trees. Pixie Hollow helps. They even do a lot of different like stuff from a lot of different like architectural styles. And yeah, so... Small spaces are not something to be afraid of. You can immerse somebody arguably better, fully immerse them in a smaller space than if you have to try to fill big space because you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to afford it. You're not going to be able to come up with all the creative uh, things you need. So small spaces are not something to be afraid of. Now, Galaxy's Edge is not a small space. No, it's very but, big. And, and, the, and the buildings that they have there are humongous. But... What is amazing about that? There's only two rides there, but you can yeah. You go to like Galaxy's Edge, and I forget that there's only two rides. I'm like, what are you talking about? That was the best part right. of Disneyland, and then I realized there's only two rides, and I rode 16 mm -hmm. rides, but I still felt like I spent most of my day in the Star Wars movies. And and the way they set it up with buildings making little back alleys and these other things. There's little nooks and crannies everywhere you can go to explore. And once again, it's not on that big of a plot of land. That's the amazing thing about it. They mess up your sense of space. Like in the Alice's Adventures in Wonderland Dark Ride, you think you've been like, go, you go everywhere. And yeah. then you go out and you look at it and you're like, it's as big as my house, maybe smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And it some makes the, it feel like you have to Some of the rides land. in Fantasyland, and they are only you know, one and a half, two, three minute rides, 
so like I guess it's not very big, but they're they're barely bigger than our house. You know, they're not even that much big, and we don't have a huge house. We have a huge house compared to like what you would live in on the coast, but like not a massive house by any means. And yeah, some of those rides, especially in Fantasyland, they're smaller than our house. And so small spaces, not something to be afraid of. That's the first thing I learned. So mine's actually a lot like his. We didn't plan ours. A small park with more in one section or land makes the park more enjoyable and easier to get from one side to the other. And also like on those dark rides in the queue lines, the like it's a small queue and you might think it gets really boring. But the attention to detail, how small it is, they pack more into one's place. On the Pinocchio ride, there was wood carving. It's just the detail is everywhere. And even though it's small, it's better than going to Disney World and just having this huge line with nothing in it. It's better to be kind of packed in one room of all this detail. Absolutely. So um, my thing that I learned, my second thing that I learned is that IP, and you're going to hear us use that phrase over and over, IP. It stands for intellectual property. Intellectual property meaning, uh, in this case, things Disney made and that they own the complete rights to and that nobody else has the right to, like Dumbo and Mickey and all these other things, right? So they can use it. No one else can. Intellectual property names should always be story-driven. What I mean by that is, We've talked about Six Flags before. We've talked about how they have a roller coaster called Batman. And it's just a black roller coaster that basically takes you upside down. You go over and they have no story whatsoever. I guess maybe they're trying to make you think you're flying or swooping through the air, gliding like Batman does from time to time, or Superman or Iceman. And they just name the roller coaster or they name the ride the person. Disney doesn't do that. Disneyland didn't do that. In Fantasyland, for instance, they have several rides that commonly go by their name. For instance, I might say, oh, let's go ride Peter Pan. Oh, let's go ride Mr. Toads. Oh, let's go ride Snow, Snow White. White. Oh, let's go ride Dumbo. But they did not name any of those that. Peter Pan's, what we would call Peter Pan, is called Peter Pan's Flight. Which makes you think it's not just going to be this ride called Peter Pan. You're going to fly. Dumbo, the amazing flying elephant. You're going right. to fly. Gonna Snow fly White's. Enchanted Wish. Yes, it's not Scary Woods anymore. Yeah, it used to be Scary Woods, but Snow White's Enchanted Wish. You're going to go through the story of her wish that she made. Yes. It's Mr. Not... Toad's Wild Ride, right? It's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. It's not just Alice's. Right. You know, so like they, they take these names or Pinocchio's Daring Journey, which I was really impressed with. You know, now they do with their non-intellectual property, like the Matterhorn, Space Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, those Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, those things they created, the very kind of generic names. And that actually works for those, uh, the story, the storybook land, canal boats, those types of things, which by the way, if you ever go to Storybook Land, that's a great example of what I was talking about. Is that's actually spaces. what I'm going to um, talk about. Oh, then I so. will shut up. Go ahead. What was your number two? So it's actually not that, but it's dirt. So seeing seeing how long the um, seeing how long you have left in the line is a good idea because even though when you go into the line, they tell you like, oh, it's going to be 30 minutes. Oh, it's going to be 40 minutes. That can change so fast. And you don't actually know how long you have left the walk. You can't actually see it physically. So it's good to see the end of the line. Some people disagree with me. They're like, oh, I don't like to see it. I will say on Rise of the Resistance, they said it was going to be 
60 minutes. It yeah. ended up being like two hours. Yeah, it was a long way. And wait. we didn't see it. I was starting to get really annoyed. And I looked around the corner. I was like, it's another room filled with Star Wars junk. I'm so bored. I will say it was kind of like amazing when we went in there. They were like, okay, it's time to get on the ride. I was like, yay. But I would have been more excited if I would have known it was coming. I think there's almost a way where, like, on the ride system, you can even have, like, little markers that's, like, you're one-third of the way there. You're one-fourth. You're one-fifth. So back before the days of the digital waiting, they used to do that. You used to kind of walk along, and they used to say, like, oh, it's a 30-minute wait from this point. It's a 20-minute wait from this point. I'm assuming they stopped doing that because, especially, like, with Rise of Resistance, the thing breaks down so much, and because of Lightning Lane, and... That's something we could talk about that we learned too. If you're going to have a fast pass or a lightning lane, that really needs to be tallied. And you need to do a much better job of tallying how many people you have coming for a certain time slot. Yes. And factor that in whenever you're going to quote times. Because, you know, say that you give out 100 passes between one and two. Okay, well, the standby line right now is 60 minutes. But if every person comes between one and two who reserved a slot between one and two, now all of a sudden you've just done two hours you're gonna wait another hour they need to do a better job of that that's that's a freebie that wasn't one of the things i learned but i hear what you're saying being able to see the end of the queue you think would be better but then i don't like those metal lines that just go in and out i like it to still be in like a room and themed and like stuff you can actually keep your hands busy with i think we will probably do an entire episode maybe even two devoted to just queue lines because honestly they're the worst part about theme parks well they don't have to be in some cases they can be incredibly interesting I think Haunted Mansion, for instance, is one of the best cues. And really, so is Rise in the sense of, do you realize Rise of Resistance is a 20-minute experience from beginning to end? You are actually in the queue line when the ride starts. And Zoe is pointing to me saying she's going to talk about that later. So I'm going to move on to my third thing. People like to do things out of the ordinary. That might sound stupid, but here's what I mean. What makes Pirates partially so cool, Pirates of the Caribbean, isn't that there's animatronic pirates, it's that you're doing it on a boat. If it were just in like a car, then it wouldn't be that exciting. Or if you were walking through Or like the drops. Like you can't drop in a car. Right. You know, uh, or you're looking at Storybook Land, which is these miniatures, which is kind of cool, but you're doing it while riding on a boat or a train. You could pick Casey's Junior's train or or um, or your little canal boat. Uh, you know, spinning around rides, those aren't cool. But when you're in a rocket, when you're I, flying in a rocket yeah. or you're flying on an elephant. Or when you're on that's a teacup. Cool. Yeah, spinning around like that and when you're on a teacup, right? You can spin at home, but you can't spin in a teacup at right? home. Or even Alice's land, right? You know, like you're in a caterpillar, right? So all of these things are super important, like even the ride vehicles, because it's something that you don't normally get to do. It's it's yeah. It's abnormal. Riding a train isn't something I get to do in my everyday life. It is in some people's lives, but it isn't in mine. Riding well, in a they boat, don't get to ride it in a train. They don't get to ride in a circus train in a cage. or. Right, yeah, exactly, in the way that they're decorated. So even though the ride system may be simple, it's just a tracked ride. Yeah. It's just a ride on a track. You're in a boat. You're in a flying elephant. You're in a caterpillar. That's actually incredibly important. Um, yes. Because it's something out of the ordinary. And you don't want it to just be like one of those normal, like almost round vehicles 
that have a picture of the person's face on it. Right. I mean, like, look at, like Mr. The, Toad's Wild Ride, you're in a car that you're driving. Right. Look at the Matterhorn. The Matterhorn, you are Ugh. in a bobsled yeah, that going is down fun. the mountain. You know? Pretty cool. It's not just taking down the mountain. Now, on to my third thing. A pre-show is a good way to make people think that the line is shorter and that it's a good way to make them think that the ride is longer and you get to immerse them into the world before they get onto the ride. Because sometimes I get onto rides that I have no idea what's happening. So like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, for instance, I've never watched the, um, the wind and the, I mean, read The Wind and the Willows. I've never watch Mr. Toad. So I was really confused if there would have been a pre-show explaining it or even the voice that came on who that kind of explained the story a little bit. It's helpful. You need to tell people what's happening because they're not always going to know your story. And also, if you would have asked me, you waited two hours for like a five-minute ride, I would have said, are you joking? I waited two hours for a 20-minute ride because I went into a room. I had a hologram talk to me. Believe it or not, I don't get to talk to holograms every day. Pretty cool. Then I went into a spaceship. Believe it or not, I don't get to go into a spaceship every day. And I flew. And then I got to see stormtroopers, a whole room filled of them. Yep. And I got to, like, be interrogated by Kylo Ren. Also not a thing. I don't get to do everything. And then I get on the ride. Yeah. And actually, you forgot, too, that after you were interrogated by Kylo Ren, you walk through this space station and you have actual cast members who are actors who are working to operate the ride that's what they're doing but they're they are dressed like imperial soldiers and they oh yeah they cut you out of the jail cells uh, oh well that's like, that's a different part um no i guess it's not oh you're well yeah you're right i got confused there you're right but remember the actors who are getting you on the ride yeah, yeah. They're acting like they're part of the Empire or they're part of the Rebellion. And the Empire people are kind of mean to you. Like yeah. they're saying snarky comments there about you. There was time a little and girl started to cry. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the guy had to not break character but soften up. And he had he was really good. He like he was able to get her to stop crying but didn't break character in doing it. It was actually really, really funny uh, because he was being mean. I mean, he was supposed to be. You're you're captured and you're being interrogated. And like the girl that we had the last time was like super dry and was bored and was like, I hope I've made myself clear. And if I haven't. Right. She's like, step on the, the silver things now. Okay. Good. Wait here, please. All right. Everybody in. Go step on your color. I hope I made myself clear. You know, like that, right? Like, and it's like, yeah, that's exactly how they act in the movies, right? I mean, she was doing a great job. It's actually kind of like my next segment. Anyway, next. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Number four. We're on to number four. Great. We're getting through these quickly. Diversity of experience is incredibly important. You must have rides, but you can't focus only on the rides. The food, the shows, the experiences where you get to interact with shops or, or characters or parades, spectaculars, um, the little fun surprises. Yeah. Those are all incredibly important. For instance, when you walk into uh, Main Street at Disneyland, you can walk right down Main Street to the castle, and most people do. But they have these streetcars going up and down. Now, you don't wait in line to ride on the streetcars. You just maybe hop on and as soon as somebody gets off 
a person who's driving a streetcar might say, would you like a ride? And you hop in, you know, that's incredibly amazing. Or we got to see Minnie at like 1145 at night as we're getting ready to leave. And we got to talk to her and Pluto and they were actually interacting with us and a whole group of people. It was so fun. Um, those things are incredibly important, but also the food. All right. The food is incredibly important. The food needs to be unique. And also it needs to be themed and not themed yes. like, I mean, it is fun to have a Mickey shaped cookie, but I don't mean like that. Like even the star in galaxy's edge, they have these. You're eating galaxy. food like you could imagine being in a Star yeah, Wars world. Yeah, they have colored milk. Ronto Roasters, uh, which is like this pita bread sausage with the slaw on it and the sauce that they make. Or uh, Docking Bay or like Satouli Can. Well, I guess that's from, I'm, now I'm thinking of Disney World. But, um, you know, like you're you, you, when you go into these places, and, and it's more than just hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, deep fried stuff, not circus food. Yeah. You could have circus food if you had a circus themed area, but you need to keep yeah. that food keeping and keeping and honestly make it unique and make it top notch. And yes, like... have, have a variety of sit down, really high end, nice restaurants, and then quick service, grab it and go, snacks, um, those types of things as well. And also when you have a theme handed to you, you have to do a better job on carrying it out. Like Pizza Planet. They have it at Disney World. And I thought, I mean, Disneyland. Land. I thought, Oh my goodness! It's gonna have arcade. It's gonna it's gonna be an arcade. It's gonna get, have this claw machine. You can grab the green aliens. Here, it's gonna be amazing. It's just a pizza place. If you have a theme already <laughs> given to you, you better carry it out. Well, right. I, I understand why they didn't, because they don't ultimately want to just make like a big Dave and Buster's or Chuck E. Cheese's well, inside you need of Disneyland. To. It's for Planet. I mean, it's for Pizza yeah, Planet. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I could see the argument for and against it, but I would be, I mean, I would not, we were at Disneyland. We'd paid a lot of money to go. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to shell another 20 bucks to spend two hours for you and Eleanor to go play video games. You know, like but I'm not going to the video games were Toy Story themed though, then you would. No, no, I wouldn't. And that would actually be not in the theme because they weren't Toy Story themed in the movie. Uh, but anyways, that diversity, you know, they've got fireworks. They've got uh, they've got uh, light shows happening all the time. Little surprise things here and there. All of those things, all that diversity of experience <laughs> is incredibly important. It cannot be simply about the rides. If it's simply about the rides, your sure. park's going to get old and boring mm -hmm. fast. Because we only did 16 rides, and we were there for... Well, and once I've done all the rides, I like those rides, but why would I go again? Or say I lived close to it, why would I go maybe once a week or every other yeah. week if I had a season pass? How many hours were we there? <laughs> we were there 15 and a half hours. So we were there 15 and a half hours, and we rode 16 rides, so about a ride an hour. And mm. most rides are one minute, so you might be thinking, well, what did you do all the other minutes in that hour? We walked around. A lot of it was waiting in lines. We, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel bored ever because nope. nope. right. the excitement of the ride we just got off was still in me, and the excitement building up for the next ride was still right. um, mounting up. Moving on to my fourth thing, I learned people do not like to know what's going to happen to them. One of the things I don't like about doing all this Disney research and all the imagineering stories is I learn the secrets. If we ever do our theme park, I know there's going to be a lot of people going to wanting to learn the secrets. I don't think we should tell them, okay? I think it literally should just be a mag magician never reveals his secrets. 
if they know how it's happening, it's just so less magical. And also, like, knowing all the rides that are there, kind of like, okay, well, then I have to ride this ride, I have to ride this ride. But what I loved is, like, the storyboat canals. I didn't know they were there. They're hidden away. Hiding rides and not promoting them all together that much. That's what makes them, like, so amazing and not telling everyone how it works. I I agree with you to an extent, and I think I would challenge it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I am no less thrilled than impressed with Space Mountain or Soren, or uh, yeah. But I found out we're not know, actually Thunder flying over a miniature screen. Well, duh. But I mean, what like, mean, it duh? I thought they built a mountain. I love. I don't know. I just love knowing the way things work. So maybe that just makes us different. Yeah. Also, I had an idea for a land just called Mystery Land, and literally the whole ride, you don't know what it's themed. It, like, outside it would be like, this is a jerk ride, this is a roller coaster, this is a boat ride with one or two drops, so you, like, you know if it's going to be thrilling or not, but then you don't know what it is here actually on it, and we change it out, and we right. just call it Mystery Land. So, so yeah, whenever you see Splash Mountain from the outside, ah! you see them drop. You know what's going to happen. So why yeah. not just say the story? Tell the story about how you came about creating it. How is that a bad thing? I guess for some of them are fine. I don't know. It just I do. I understand what you're saying though. Whenever they reveal like maybe the technology of what they're doing to you, like especially on like the motion simulators or something I'm like, like that. But but I thought I was flying. Okay, I hear that. I got you. Okay, I'm not going to bash your fourth point there, and I understand what you're saying to some extent. The mystery is kind of what makes it magical yeah i hear that yeah that's good actually that's good um okay so point number five for me don't underestimate the importance oh i already talked about this of interesting food options i guess the last one that i talked about number four was more talking about the diversity of experience and this i was actually talking about number five is actually the uh importance of the interesting food options. So really, I've already talked about my number five, but that was, uh, I kind of mixed that in with number four there. So four was really the diversity of all the different things that they have going on, not just the rides. And my number five was the food, which we pretty much already covered. So I'm actually gonna go ahead and kick it over to you for your number five. My number five, we accidentally almost kind of covered, but cast members need to stay in character and be dressed up for the rides they're helping you on to. They don't need to be in, like, Disney-themed stuff. They need to stay in character. People who serve you their food, they if you're at, like, a royal place, they need to act royal or whatever. And if, like, they're not acting like what you're doing is normal or they're, like, having the Disney brand on them, if they don't act like what they're you're doing is normal and ordinary... You're not going to believe it's actually happening. And if you don't believe it's happening, you're not going to be able to realize how magical it is. Yeah. Share an example. So like, let's see here. Rise of the Resistance is a great one. If they were like acting like, okay, now you're going to get in this jail cell. It'll be fine. I would be still lost. Right. And like, if they were acting like, you know, I wasn't actually captured, I'd be like, oh, I'm not captured. I'm not scared. Right. It wouldn't build up any fear. Or think about, um, one thing I think about is, um, do you remember when we were walking in the French Quarter, there just outside the Pirates of the Caribbean, we went to the restroom, and as we're leaving, we walk by that glass shop, right, the shop where they do all the blown glass and everything, it's really pretty, and there's a restaurant right beside that, I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but the hostess, um, even though we weren't going to the restaurant, we were walking by it, the hostess 
saw that you and Eleanor were in your princess dresses, which was so cool. Um, and she said, oh, my ladies, princess. And she bowed to you and she asked you how your day was. And then we told her it was Sissy's birthday. And, you know, she carried on a conversation, but she even acknowledged these are princesses having come to, uh, you know, visit our magic kingdom today. How, how, uh, how honored am I to be in your presence, yeah. right? And and like she's just a hostess outside of a, and outside she used of a her restaurant. like she used her pirate accent. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. She did. You're right. Yeah, I forgot about that because it was she outside of pirates. Pirate. Maybe in the Blue Bayou, actually. Yeah, Maybe in the and Blue she Bayou had her pirate outfit on. Yeah, how cool. Um, and her like the way like that she did her English, like she like, kind of stuttered it like a pirate would. That's right. That's like, right. Wow. Okay. So that was a uh, little shotgun experience there of everything we learned. I had a, a bonus one come to my mind while you were thinking, but then I got to listening to you and I, I kind of forgot it. So it must not be that important. Uh, but uh, yeah, I had kind of a bonus one hit me and I, it's gone now. I so. started saying a whole bunch of things on this podcast and I just started to go up and I had to pause for a second. It's getting a little bit later, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. We're getting tired. Well, then I think that means we should probably wrap it up. Yep. Thanks for joining us on our fourth episode. Um, our fifth ep- our fifth episode might not be coming out next Wednesday, although it might. We might be taking a little break for the holidays. No, I, think, I think we'll probably do one next Wednesday. We'll probably have one for next. Oh, I just remembered what I was going to say. Can I say it? I'm going to yes. say it. Okay. Here's what I was going to say. This kind of goes back to the variety of rides, but not all rides should be intellectual property or IP. What I yes. mean is not all rides should be after a mm. uh, a thing, like a, a character or a movie. Because it gets so it boring. It gets so boring, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like, look at look at Disneyland. And I think that's what I love about Disneyland. Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain Railroad, Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion, Matterhorn. Um, Matterhorn. Pirates of, even Pirates of the Caribbean. The movie came after Jungle it. Cruise. These, you said Jungle Cruise. Oh, I already said Jungle Cruise, right. Yeah. Um, all of those things have come, have produced Splash Mountain. All of those things, except for Splash Mountain, has produced movies. And I guess Splash Mountain has IP in it, so that's a bad example. But no, all of those, it. it does. It has the Br'er Rabbit, and then it's uh. going to be coming Tiana's. Um, but all of those things have had movies produced for after it. them. But they were not originally IP. Okay, sorry. We were ending it, and then I threw in that at the very end. So I hope that you uh, caught that and didn't check out early. But now we are going away. And yes, we will do an episode for next week. Uh, I'm not sure what it's going to be over yet. We have a couple of different ideas and thoughts. But uh, we'll reveal that come next week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys so much. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.